You are listening to the Benchwarmers podcast, the co-production between Benchwarmers.ie and Corks Red FM. You can find us at uh, Twitter at Corks Red FM, and our sports show is at Big Red Bench. And you can follow Benchwarmers on Twitter at Be Warmers. No Neville Neville today; he is absent. So we're joined, as always, by our good friend Aidan O'Sullivan. Aidan, how are you, sir? I'm very, very good, Rory. How are you today? All good, all good. Busy weekend, busy weekend of sport. I was at a wedding on Saturday, so I didn't see any sport at all on Saturday. I saw a bit of the Ireland match. Um, I didn't see any of the football. Tried to watch some of the hurling at the wedding, but was given out to by my wife for trying to watch sport <laughs> while I was at the wedding, so that didn't happen. So I didn't see much of it, uh, but it's not going to stop me talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, as you say, it was a, a big weekend for sports um, with the FA Cup, important league games, and of course the rugby as well. So it was all going on. Right, let's start though at the Emirates. Um, Watford beating Arsenal by two goals to one. I actually saw this game. Yeah, actually impressed. I actually watched some football this weekend. Um, yeah, um, two great goals by Watford, um, giving them the win. Um, Arsenal perhaps should have gotten a draw were it not for Danny Welbeck missing an open goal. Um, the pressure now, though, growing on Arsene Wenger, and the big question is, is it time for him to go? Yeah, it's the big question. The Arsenal fans had a banner up recently. Arsene, thanks for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye. And I think once the fans... I, I think it's been going on for a while, really, hasn't it? I think they've been a bit upset with the fact that, you know, Arsene seems to think that an FA Cup win and a top-four play seems to do it for Arsenal. And I think... He seems to have got into this rut and it seems to be all about the business side of things rather than the challenging for the league side of things. And I think his signings mm. have um, borne that as well in that they don't seem to be top, top players. The game against Watford, two stunning goals. I mean, Igalo, they think bigger and better things to come for Igalo. Big time, yeah. Um, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's really making a name for himself. And of course, uh, Guardiola, I mean, what an absolute, absolute smasher. A, a thunder rock. bastard, I think, is the technical term. <laughs> an absolute corker of a goal. It was, oh, it was an absolute corker. Do you know what though? I was kind of looking at it. And I was like, I was like, this is an amazing goal. I think this is a goal of the season yeah. contender. And then I was like, do you know what? If it clipped the underside of the bar on the way in, it would have been unreal. But it was unreal anyway. But it would have, it would have made it just that little bit. Oof. Yeah, but just just even to have the technique, you know, to to get the head over the ball and to keep it. Um, I mean, his angle, he had no angle to play, but he, he just mm. had to go for it, rifle it as, 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 as powerfully as he could. Um, a great goal. You mentioned Danny Welbeck there. I mean, he took his goal very, very well. But then the chance to the chance to get the draw, he seems to have fluffed his lines there. I think he should have really done better. He should have got that on target. He didn't look yeah. up at all. You see, that was the problem. Yeah. Like, And uh, he was off balance. He was trying to turn 180 degrees and hit the football at the same time, which is a very hard thing to do. And he just lost sight of the goal, I think. And if he had just taken half a second to look up, he could have seen he had all the time in the world to place in the bottom corner. Just didn't do that. And uh, that's the reason they are out of the FA Cup. Uh, they're 2-0 down to Barcelona in the Champions League ahead of Wednesday night's game. They're eight points off Leicester. Um, that could be 11 by uh, tonight. Uh, Wenger was asked in the post-match press conference afterwards um, about his own position. And this is what he had to say. We uh, want to fight until the end of the season for every single game, and uh, that's what we did. Uh, it's what's going on at the moment is very difficult to take for the players. We judge the season after the season. So that's Arsene Wenger there saying that he's uh, not giving up as you'd expect him to do. I think he's going to retire upstairs, go upstairs at Arsenal at the end of the season, regardless of what happens this year. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I think I think that's where he's headed. Obviously, he's got all the experience in the world. He's won the double twice there. You know, he's a he's a specialist in the FA Cup, as we know. But is this so? Is are we seeing a, a petering out of of Wenger's career now? You know, from from the highs of what he had, the, the great teams that he had, of course, the Invincibles, and mm. you know, you, you can list off all the great players that he's managed over the years. But are we now seeing Arsene getting into a stage where? You know, the fans just aren't happy anymore. The players aren't there. He doesn't have the influence that he has had um, over that club. And as you say, you know, is it a case of time for him to move upstairs now? Look, the, the match against Barcelona, I think that's a done deal. There's nothing coming out of that. The league now seems to be very, very difficult for him as well. I actually fancy them to challenge for the league if Leicester blew up. And it's, I've been saying this now all the time that Leicester are going to come a cropper and they haven't done it. Uh, and they're still top of the league. I think it's probably between Leicester and, and Tottenham now because I think Arsenal maybe they're just too um, too far behind. So Arsenal has been a fantastic servant for Arsenal, obviously. But maybe it is time for now at the end of the season to, to give someone else to go in the hot seat. Yeah, Arsenal going to Everton uh, this coming Saturday in the lunchtime kickoff as well. Everton buoyed by their decent performance against Chelsea in the cup over the weekend. Um, so that's a tough fixture for Arsenal as well this weekend. So it remains to be seen. Um, and the atmosphere at the Emirates was toxic yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, after the results, and uh, you, you can see more and more fans turning. There was a banner put up last week saying "Thanks for the memories, our memories, Arsenal." But it, it, it's time to go or something like that. Uh, yeah. It's kind of half remembering, and I think more and more fans are going to come to that uh, way of thinking that Arsene Wenger has to go. Um, well, he's been at the club for a long time, Rory. He, you know, he's been there for years, and you know, he's he's been there and he's done it. But sometimes fresh blood needs to come in, and I think once it, you know, once it became apparent that you know this top four finish, and we're celebrating at the end of the season, like Arsenal players celebrate on the pitch um, when they when they make the Champions League, and that's not good enough for for a club like Arsenal. They need to be challenging every year. They need to be, they need to be getting good players in and top quality players in, and they don't seem to have. You know, they end up doing that. I think Mertesacker is um, is a prime example of that. In that, you know, okay, he's a good defender, but he's not up for Premier League status, and he's certainly not up, uh, you know, to be uh, playing for a club like Arsenal. So, look, time to move upstairs. The thing is, though, will he become a, an Alex Ferguson type figure then, and have maybe too much influence on the manager? Mm. But that all depends on the next managerial appointment at Arsenal. And I think Arsenal fans alike uh, and people who don't support the club will have to say, look comes at the end of the season maybe it's time to go 20 years he's been in Arsenal he joined yeah. Arsenal in 1996 that's incredible yeah and, and as I said look at the teams he's managed you know he's, and the players that uh, that he's brought through there as well and look he's been a massive a massive figure for that club and he always will be but look maybe his influence is waning now and time for some new blood as I say uh, that Invincibles team as well uh, was 2004 Jesus I'm starting to feel old now when you think, you think teams like that are are, um, are, are it's 12 years ago Jesus Jesus that's not to make me feel old it's not to slightly depress me a little bit that's what I get for looking on Wikipedia but that's that's when they were asked, you know, that's where he was in his pomp, and he and he had all those players at his disposal, and you know, you reeled them off: Thierry Henry, Burkamp, all these guys, like world class players that were playing for Arsenal. Um, but look, it's, it's I suppose all, the, all good things come to an end, isn't that right? Yeah, it's looking like it could be that way come the end of the season. Uh, elsewhere, yesterday, Man United and West Ham playing out an entertaining one-all draw, but that goal from Payet. Um, that free kick was just ridiculous. I stood up and applauded. I was just watching it on TV. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, definitely one of the goals of the season. And 
the thing to take from this is, you know, David De Gea is playing so well. You know, he's 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 in great form at the moment, and uh, you know, to beat him from that distance, it needs to be on point, and it needs to be right in the corner. And it tipped the post as it went in. De Gea uh, couldn't get across, but like an absolute worldy of a goal, a brilliant goal. Um, you know, United, I think, came back into it, but De Gea seems to be, you know, having. Having this team on his back almost, you know, it was the same uh, against Liverpool um, in the Europa League, and you know, it's, it's, without this guy, I think uh, United would be in serious trouble. But a brilliant goal by Payet, as you say. Yeah, that was just an incredible, incredible goal. Uh, United getting back into it then with uh, Martial, but uh, United continuing to struggle. Uh, speaking of managers who could be out the door at the end of the season, it looks like Van Hal. I mean, like his days are numbered. We've discussed it on this podcast a couple of times before, but it looks like he's on the way out, uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, comes in then. So that replay between uh, West Ham and Manchester United fixed for the 22nd um, which well, is Rory, tomorrow uh, Just on Van Gaal he, like, this week was so important to him you know the Europa mm. League game against Liverpool where they were absolutely terrible Shite I think is the technical term <laughs> They absolutely offered nothing it, it, it was a horror show Rory. it was an absolute horror like show Like if Liverpool had won 4 or 5 nil there you would have you yeah. would have said that wouldn't have flattered them I mean like they were 4 or 5 nil better than Man United on the night they were terrible it should have been four nil. It should have been four nil at least, only for De Gea, as I mentioned. Um, you know, lacking quality, lacking fight, Rory, lacking fight. I mean, we know that they're going to a cauldron at Anfield, but I mean, Jurgen Klopp. The, the the difference, the contrast between the two managers. Klopp says it's a massive game for both clubs. Um, huge game. We're really, really up for it. And Van Gaal went down the road of saying, "Look, it's just another game. We're treating it like just another game." And it was uh, for me, it was the wrong way of, of coming at it. Um, like they would have struggled to have beaten a Championship side the way they played against Liverpool at Anfield. They were absolutely dreadful. Um, David de Gea, you know, what can you say? You know, mm. some brilliant saves, keeping them in it. And again, you know, he was good against West Ham as well. So, look, a massive season for Van Gaal. He has to win the FA Cup now, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But going to West Ham for that replay is not going to be easy for them at all, or not. But he also said he has to win the Europa League, and look at the way he treated that last Thursday. Yeah, Bilic has said, Bilic has said and he's doing the right thing now. Bilic perfectly comes out and says, OK, we've got the replay, but I fancy, I fancy us against United. He's putting, instilling confidence into his team and into mm. his squad and into the whole club, saying, OK, there's no fear factor with United anymore. Absolutely nothing. That is gone. Uh, you know, maybe it can be revitalised under a new manager, maybe someone like Marino, but there is no fear factor against Manchester United. Any team that comes to Old Trafford or United goes to them, they fancy their chances. West Ham will fancy themselves big time against uh, against United in the replay, and and they've got a great chance of winning it. Yeah, big time, big time. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, Everton beating Chelsea two 0 a very very good performance from Romelu Lukaku in particular. He was absolutely uh, electric from the from what I saw of the game. And uh, on Friday, Crystal Palace beating Reading. So into the hat we. Have have Palace, Everton, uh, Watford and uh, Manchester United and West Ham that draw takes place later on this evening uh, which is Monday night uh, in the, of the of the love bite um, controversy Rory <laughs> Jesus yeah I mean like I, I was kind of just like scrolling through Twitter and I, I saw this video pop up and it was like yeah. it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen it wasn't a bite it wasn't it was just uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you were at a wedding and there was probably lots of smooching going on, but it looked like Diego, Diego Costa gave Gareth Barry a bit of a smooch on the neck there, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre, like this guy. It's taking me back to my teenage disco days, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but this guy is, is, is completely off the wall, this guy, Diego Costa. You know, you talk about rush of blood to the head, but, I mean, he gave the referee absolutely no, no, 
no, no choice. I mean, he had to see he had to see red for that. But uh, in fairness to Gareth Barry, I think you know he does. Um, he, he came out and said, look, he didn't bite me. Mm. Um, there was absolutely nothing in it but it just goes to show you the, I suppose the headspace that Diego Costa is in you know he's a fantastic player a, a brilliant goal scorer but you know tendency to be a bit mad at times I suppose Just a little bit uh, is probably the best way to describe that Alright uh, tonight Leicester playing Newcastle Newcastle buoyed by the fact that uh, Rafael Benitez is now their new manager that was um Kind of just came out of nowhere, didn't it? I mean, like there was rumours that McLaren was under on tr- under pressure, but then like to get Benitez and it's uh, yeah. What, what did you make of that, Rory? Like uh, you know, for me, he was a he's a massive name. He's yeah, a massive name for Newcastle. Were you surprised? Huge. Yeah, I'd imagine he's on a contract that states that if they get relegated, he can like yeah. uh, he's out the gap like straight away. You know what I mean? Um, it's a very very good appointment for them. Um, whether or not he can do enough in the next couple of weeks to keep them up, uh, it remains to be seen. Um, they are currently second from bottom. They're a point away from safety. So even getting a point tonight, they have a game in hand over Norwich as well. And uh, even getting a point tonight would be a massive help for them. But you'd have to fancy Leicester, particularly at home, to, to get the, the, the job done. Leicester haven't really been setting up the world on fire uh, recently, but are still getting results. Yeah, grinding out results as, as as we've discussed before. Still at the top of the table, you know. Every time I look at the table, I think to myself, "Why? Why did I doubt them? Why am I doubting them? I'm still waiting for them to come a cropper." It hasn't happened, and I don't think it'll happen against Newcastle either. They're playing week by week, concentrating on the on the games every week. Don't have any European distractions, so it's the league for them. And you know, as the games get fewer, obviously mm. the chances of them winning um, increase. So. I, I fancied him tonight against Newcastle. I think the Benitez appointment really, really surprised me. I could not see him going to a team like Newcastle. As you say, he probably has about 40 different clauses in the contract that if anything happens, he'll be out of there with, with probably a handsome payoff. But uh, yeah, you've got you to mm. fancy Leicester for this one. Yeah, so it's between them and Tottenham, basically, for yeah. the league title. As, as you mentioned, uh, Tottenham two points behind. That's ahead of tonight's game. So that could be back to five. Tottenham, I think, uh, doing the right thing in the Europa League and not feeling their strongest team against Borussia Dortmund because they are in with a massive shout of winning the league title so I think the distraction of the Europa League and I think that's what it is is a distraction for them uh, to not prioritise it last Thursday was a very shrewd move I think yeah definitely they've okay the, the Europa League they can forget about that it's all about the, it's all about the league title now for Pochettino and his men good win against Villa I think uh, yourself and myself will probably beat Villa at the moment <laughs> um, you know they're just uh, you know, for a great club like Aston Villa I heard um, Graham Taylor speaking about them you know and he's a you know, massive affiliation with Villa, and it's 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 sad to see where they've gone. But when you get a, a I suppose, a group of players like that that uh, don't seem to be playing for the for the for the club, then you're going to end up at the bottom of the table, and that seems to be where they are. Mm. Spurs beat them two 0 Harry Kane a double for Harry in his protective mask, uh, two goals in three minutes, and interestingly, um, Deli Ali two assists in three minutes. Mm. Now, these guys, they, I think they've got to start for England in the in the Euros. You know. Harry, you've got to pick on form, and Harry Kane is absolutely flying. Villa, look, fifth straight league defeat. You know they got two shots on target, I think. And as I mentioned, Harry Kane is lighting it up. He's got 19 goals now, the same as Barry. Mm. So look, um, it's down to it's uh, is, is it down to Leicester and Spurs? Is that the way? Definitely, yeah, stage? definitely. Yeah. That's there's no doubt about it. I think Arsenal are too far back. Uh, Man City are not great, uh, and um, West Ham and Man United are way too far back at this moment in time. So yeah, definitely between Leicester and Tottenham. Um, just on Harry Kane as well. 
Uh, I was doing my fancy football team on Saturday morning. Had to play my wild card because um, yeah. it was FA Cup weekend and half my team was missing. So I had a choice to make. Did I bring yeah. in Aguero? Did I bring in Harry Kane? Did I captain Aguero? Did I captain Harry Kane? So I went for Aguero and I captained him and got a grand total of four points. Sad, <laughs> sad scenes. Thanks for that, Sergio. Um, so yeah, that's eight o'clock kickoff uh, tonight in the Premier League and of course massive Champions League action as well this week massive European action in general um, ahead of the week's action it's going to be very 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 exciting indeed I mean like tomorrow night we've got Atletico Madrid and PSV Eindhoven um, that's uh, scoreless uh, we've got Man City taking on Dinamo Kiev City leading 3-1 so that looks like it's in a bag but Wednesday is where it's at two cracking games on Wednesday Barcelona taking on Arsenal Barca leading 2-0 and Bayern and Juventus going head to head they're level at 2 all, so that could be a cracker so uh, two great nights of uh, European action ahead but uh, as you mentioned earlier I think just too much to do for Arsenal yeah, it's um, it's a big ask for Arsenal, particularly when their when their form isn't isn't that great as well. And Barca will have will have no fears of of, of, of Arsenal. So I think you know it's it's just a, st- a step too far, really. Um, and uh, they've already lost that tie. I think I think they're out unless you know a miracle happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. To be perfectly honest, but and Thursday, I suppose everyone uh, was looking forward to Manchester United and Liverpool. But based on United's performance last week, it was kind of weird as well. Last week, I mean, like this was the first time these two sides had ever met in European competition, and I don't think anyone cared about it. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I think. I think the people in Anfield cared about it, all right. But uh, like, the, it's just from a United point of view, so flat. I mean, it was. Oh, I, I've said it. All You're right, upset, are you? <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you've taken it personally. But it's the performance level, Rory. It's the performance mm. level. Um, I fancy Liverpool to score against that team at Old Trafford. Um, I think Liverpool wanted more. I think they set the tone um, in the in the first leg in Anfield. They were they were Harry United all over the pitch, and their quality of football was better. Uh, and they deserved their 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 two goal lead. So for me, it's um, Liverpool. I can't see Manchester United scoring three goals against Liverpool, no. uh, and I do fancy Liverpool to score. So overall, I fancy Liverpool to go through. But look, United are in just such a mess at the moment. I think if they had beaten West Ham in the FA Cup, then that would give them some impetus. Mm. Um, but I mean, you need leaders to stand up, and you need you need you know where are the leaders in that team? Yes, they're they're peppered with a lot of young players. You know, Marcus Rashford is in there, Lingard, these guys. But these guys need leadership. They need, you know, they're crying out for a Roy Keane or someone like that. To just to lead them, and uh, you know, if they don't have that, then I'd be very, very surprised if they go through. Very surprised. Five past day kickoff on St Patrick's yeah. Day, so that could be a very, very good session if you're that way inclined. <laughs> and uh, Tottenham and Borussia Dortmund then is at five past day. But as we mentioned, uh, Borussia leading three 0 and that fixture looks like it is over. All right, that's the football chat from the weekend. I'm um, going to briefly talk about rugby before we wrap up. And Scotland, the uh, big winners this weekend. Uh, what a performance by them against France yesterday. Sensational stuff from the Scots, wasn't it? Great win for them, you know. Um, they, they've they now won back-to-back um, Six Nations games. They haven't done in three years. And they actually haven't beaten France. I think it's in ten years in the in the Six Nations. So, fantastic result for them. I think it's all about uh, Stuart Hogg really at fifteen. He was absolutely mm. brilliant. It was a really entertaining game from start to finish, to be honest. Uh, and Scotland thoroughly deserved their victory. France played some good rugby. 
but they just didn't have the fight that Scotland have. I think uh, Scotland have been waiting for a performance like this for um, such a long time, and it was great in front of their home fans to, to do it. But uh, yeah, really entertaining game, great win for Scotland as well. Yeah, very, very good stuff indeed. And as a result, England therefore won the Six Nations without kicking a ball yesterday, their first Six Nations title since 2011. Have a chance for Grand Slam in Paris on Saturday. Um, have you been impressed with England, or is it just a case that everyone else hasn't been great? No, they've been very good. Um, some some of their individual displays have been outstanding. You know that was that was a tough win against Wales. They they played very well um, for the first, I think for the first hour they were they were well on top, and then for the last uh, twenty minutes Wales came back into it and very very nearly near, nearly tipped them at the post. Um, tries from Dan Bigger, George North, and Fella Tau got one as well. Um, you know I think Anthony Watson's first half try set them up nicely. Mm. And Owen Farrell, he kicked twenty points as well. So look, um, as you say, they 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 go to they go to Paris now for that Grand Slam, and you know what Eddie Jones is like; he will be all out um, to get a Grand Slam in his first uh, year. So when you think about the transformation that they have, yeah. you know, brought in though from where they were from the the depths uh, of despair really in the World Cup to you know possible Grand Slam and um, winners now. I mean, Eddie Jones has done a fantastic job there, but they've always had the players. They just need the direction, and obviously Jones is the man to fit the bill. Yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant um, since he's come in. Um, just the way he's changed England's style as well. Yeah, um, has they're more ruthless. Yeah, they're more ruthless now. You know, and uh, and uh, Itoji actually, uh, Maro Itoji um, won the man of the match yesterday. He's a, he's a, he's a young player, so it shows that Jones isn't afraid to blow young players into that squad, and that's what you need. You need to pepper them in. Um, with the more experienced guys and you know he, he actually name checked Chris Robshaw yesterday saying you know that you know he had a difficult World Cup but he's you know playing a, a, a massive part in this pack now and in this team uh, and if you've got guys like him and as I mentioned Itoje coming through then you're in a very very good place Alright uh, Ireland defeating Italy uh, hammering Italy really I watched a, a good bit of this game on Saturday Ireland looked impressive Italy just really looked off the pace though didn't they? Yeah they were. I suppose they were brushed aside really um, by Ireland I think everything that Ireland tried seemed to come off uh, when you put 58 points on the side you know it's, um, it's, it is a hammering as you say I always feel sorry for uh, Sergio Parisi in these, in these games because he is a world class player and he's such um, a talisman for Italy mm. but you know, obviously he can't win guys on his own for, uh, win games on his own from an Ireland uh, point of view it was great to see Simon Zebo on his full back and I'm so glad from that the, uh, the offload actually came off <laughs> for that great try because if it didn't then I don't think Joe Smith would, would ever pick him again at, at 15 but it was, mm. it was, I mean that try was absolutely outstanding you know it's probably the try of the of the Six Nations so far um, great handling by um, by Zebo as I say great offload and then Jared Payne gets involved Sexton Andrew Trimble Fergus McFadden and I, I just felt that when they gave it to um, Jamie Heaslip at the end you know, he didn't really want it because he still had a lot of work to do but to get over that line was uh, was a fantastic try as I say definitely the try of the situation so far yeah. but a great win for Ireland sets it up nice to know for the Scotland game yeah it does alright doesn't it I mean like that's that could be the difference between finishing 5th and 3rd that, that, that game next week Ireland currently in 5th with uh, 3 points Scotland have 4 points so you beat Scotland you finish 3rd in the 6 Nations that's assuming England beat France obviously as well but yeah happy days yeah it's good, but it's good to see Scotland now coming to Dublin with um, with, with a good win um, under their belt and Ireland having a good win as well against Italy so it's good to finish off the Six Nations with a good you know top class um, you know Six Nations game with both teams coming off a good win um, you know it was a fairly bruising encounter as well you know Keith Earls picked up a knock um, Andrew Trimble picked up a knock but uh, yeah it was, good, it was good to see Donegal Ryan I think got man of the match 
and he was he was brilliant. Mm. And it was great to see CJ Stander get a, a first try for Ireland as well. So a lot of positives um, from a Irish point of view, but you know Italy just wasn't there. The Scotland game now will be a much much bigger test for them. Yeah, but overall, so far, I don't think Ireland would be taking too many positives from the Six Nations campaign. No, definitely not. I mean, you know, they're they're defending champions, and you know. They just didn't take their chances in the big games. You know that's that that was it. Their, their quality of play gets them so far into the into the opposition twenty-two, and they just let too many opportunities um, go past them. They let no opportunities go past them yesterday. Uh, uh, you know all their passes stuck. You know um, and Sean Cronin as well. I mean he he must have one of the best side steps in international rugby for a hooker. I mean he was mm. absolutely brilliant to come up with the tries as well. But no, overall Ireland will be very very disappointed. Po- take positives from it. I suppose they've gotten some young players through. They've blooded a few guys. Um, you know, Josh Van de Flyer there in the in the back row looks looks look, really looks a player. CJ Stander has come on, and remember they've got guys to come back from injury. Guys like uh, you know Rob Carney uh, and Keen Healy and these guys. So look, he's 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 still building. He's blooding a few young players. That's the only positive really. I think if they had taken their chances against the bigger teams, then they'd be up there challenging. But it just wasn't to be. And it's look, it's it's difficult to retain a title between three in a row. Is really really tough so look they'll they, they mm. take what they can from it really. I think the best way to sum it up is just ah well <laughs> ah well <And> that's it <laughs> alright that's uh, pretty much it from the Benchwarmers podcast uh, for today thank you very much indeed for tuning in uh, the Benchwarmers podcast the co-production with Corks Red FM you can follow us at Corks Red FM and our um, sports show is the Big Red Bench you can follow at Big Red Bench you can follow uh, Benchwarmers on social media they're at BE Warmers across all those platforms and Aiden you don't really do Twitter though did you? I had to stop yeah you have to get yeah, back into it, man. You gotta get. Uh, gonna, that's rather cool, kids are doing. Ever since that, those those whole stalking rumours, when they die down, I'll get back into it. <laughs> All right, so you can't follow Aiden on Twitter, but you can follow him around Cork if you can find him. All right, folks, that's pretty much it from us uh, for today. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, folks.